The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 152. The importance of having a career purpose when pursuing a career in the sports industry. Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the football industry. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Neil Shah. Neil is a sports marketing professional and head of sports education and new business at India on Track, where he has over 16 years of experience working in the football industry, specialising in business development and commercialisation of the football industry. For example, Neil has worked with FC Barcelona and Liverpool FC to set up their new presence ad in India to promote their brand and hopefully engage new potential fans. For that reason, it's brilliant to have Neil as a special guest on the show, and that's when today's episode, Neil will share his sports career journey and explain to you the importance of having a purpose when pursuing a career in the sports industry. Neil, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Please could you share your sports career journey to listeners. When did it all start? So it started when I was four, when I started playing uh, football or soccer in the US. Um, But my career journey actually started at 16. So I... I came back from Denmark where I was playing in the Dana Cup with my club soccer team. And around the same time, I think a week after I got back, my family had uh, set up a very expensive career counselor for me to start discussing my my career options. And I remember sitting in, uh, in the office in Laguna Beach, California, thinking and just daydreaming about my time in uh, Denmark versus really thinking about what I want to be a doctor or engineer like my family members. And um, it was around that time where I actually found out that I could actually spend the rest of my life working in professional sports. Uh, And I was clear that if I could have a job in soccer um, or football the rest of my life, it would be a a life worth living, a life worth living. So I... uh, I went all at it from there. Could you go in a lot more depth in regards to, yes, you want to work in the football industry, but did you know about the roles at the time? Did you realize the sort of opportunities which led you to do a degree, which hopefully you can talk a lot more in detail about your academic journey as well? Absolutely. So at, at 16, when I realized that uh, I wanted to be in, in professional sports in my life, I, I didn't know much about the kind of jobs um, in professional uh, football in America was just getting going. Major League Soccer launched in 1996, the same year. I was 16 years old, so it was perfect timing. Um, I had been around the sport since the age of four, but I hadn't necessarily thought about the business aspects of the sport. But then that seed was planted deeply at that moment. And when that seed was planted, it's like it, you know, it took over, it took over me. Every night I just would go to sleep thinking and dreaming about how can I create a career by the time I graduate university, how can I make this a reality? So the next six years, anybody I met 
even remotely connected to the sports industry, whether in the U.S. or abroad, I made sure I spoke with, I tracked them down, I'd email, I'd do whatever I could just to start to understand the various positions that existed in the sports industry and also how somebody like me who loved the sport like anything, but how could I develop myself to eventually get a career in the industry? So what inspired you to then do a degree relating to sports? Yeah, so I was at UC Santa Barbara. I was finishing my business economics uh, degree. I was also doing a minor in sports management. And I had, uh, my third year of university, my junior year, I went to the U- uh, UK and I was studying economics at the University College London. And I was spending a lot of time um, just going to second and third division football matches. I was really fascinated by the whole, the relationship between the supporter and the club. Now, I wanted to understand what actually drove the emotional affinity that existed between these two sets of, uh, you know, these units. And I got back my senior year and I was writing to Major League Soccer every single um, month, I'd say. And I was getting, I wasn't getting much of a response. And in the meantime, I would, uh, I heard there was an MBA in sports management program. This was a long time ago in 2001. And Seton Hall University was offering an MBA in sports management. It was one of the first ones to be offered in the U.S. back then. And it was in New Jersey, North Jersey, which is very close to the Major League Soccer headquarters, which was uh, in New York City. And I thought, okay, perfect. While I wait for MLS to respond to me or I find a way to get my foot in that door, which was my, my dream job to get into the league office in New York, I decided that, well, I'll finish my GMAT, go over to uh, New Jersey, spend uh, two years doing my MBA sports management, and in the meantime, try everything possible to get my foot in uh, the door of the Major League Soccer League office, which ultimately happened. Just reflecting right now, because <clears throat> a lot of the listeners are doing some sort of sports degree of some sorts in the sports industry. How has your education supported you now, reflecting with regards to your career development? So it, what it did, it, 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 it made a difference, I'd say, at the time more than anything else than it would now. Um, I was 22 years old when I started my MBA in sports management. And while I did, you know, in six years, learn, I learned a lot about the industry through internships and through uh, conversations and whatever else I could find uh, through my research. What the MBA offered me at the time were, was a lot of exposure to people working in the industry in various aspects. So I learned a lot about sports law, learned a ton about sports finance and accounting, um, even just marketing and a lot of case studies. And it was a nice uh, complement to what I was doing at MLS. So I was able to look at the academic side and the practical side, um, you know, at the same time when I was actually working and finishing my, my degree. What it did for me when I had my first interview at MLS was that it, it showed them I was serious. At the time, there was a lot of people who loved sport, who dreamed of, work, dreamed of working in sport, but there wasn't a lot of people, especially at that time, actually pursuing a higher education degree in sports management. And when I went for that interview for my internship and eventually for the job at uh, the league office, I think they re- appreciated that Here's somebody who's not just uh, talking about uh, how he wants to create a career in sports, but he's actually uh, putting his money where his mouth is and putting his time where his mouth is. And that's what uh, my, my two years at Seton Hall more than anything else offered. Um, I'll be honest, Ed, uh, now and even looking back over the last 18 years of my career, I, I don't know how much I've utilized the rest of it. It's hard to say. Um, I'm glad I put the two years of effort I did to learn and get that degree. Um, it feels good to have an MBA kind of tucked in my back pocket. However, I think like a lot of the industries, what you really 
you, when you, you really learn is on the job. And I was fortunate to get a job right in between my university, my postgraduate program. So I've been able to learn a lot more over the last 18 years and actually, you know, those two years. I find this really interesting. And I just want to touch on an area you have sort of discussed is how important is it to be persistent and cope with rejection? Because those two years, I bet you went through that rejection factor. Could you just explain that to the listeners that this is part of the journey? And I've experienced it myself and me being connected with you in a very short period of time and having this conversation I've gone through that myself, but sometimes from an, a career training or development perspective, it's not really taught. Could you just reflect of what I've just said? And hopefully what I've said makes sense as well. <laughs> what you said, uh, not only just makes sense, it's, it's actually the truth. Um, it's so funny when I'm, I'm traveling with some of the kind of senior people in the industry in, in India or abroad, or I'm uh, just interacting with friends who've, who've been working for anywhere from 10 to 20 years. And we've all hit a particular place of success in this industry. And sometimes you forget how much effort you did. We all had to go through to get our foot in the door. And um, we all have war stories. They're really fun to talk about now because in hindsight, you know, they, they help build character. So I, uh, at the age of 16, as I said, I, I knew I wanted to work in MLS. I had the league office. The league was launched around the time. And from 16 onwards, I've been, you know, trying to get somebody to get in touch with me at the league. And it was a brand new uh, setup. It was a total startup back then. So there was not a lot of, you know, the structure wasn't there. And also as a pretty young guy with no experience, so not a lot of reason to get in touch with me, uh, respond to my, my mails. And um, what had happened was even when I got into my postgraduate program, I flew all the way from California to New Jersey to meet the program director. And I said, look, I'm going to pay you this much money for my program. This is the tuition. The only thing I want out of this is an internship with MLS. That's the only thing. If you can provide that, I will be the happiest person. I will achieve what I wanted out of this program. And if I, you can't provide it, well, I mean, at least I want to know effort. They did try. It didn't work out. They didn't, even, they didn't really have the relationships, unfortunately. So what happened after about five emails or five or six that just didn't go anywhere I actually was standing across the street from uh, the off league office in New York City on 42nd Street outside of Grand Central Station. Doing, I had just watched The Secret. And I was envisioning about you know me working in that office and actually being one of those people coming downstairs, going for lunch with my colleagues. And my energy was so high and my excitement was so high and the power of manifestation. So I, I just picked up the phone, called the league office directly, got the receptionist, told her my life story. She was so blown away. She gave me the head of marketing at the time, Mark Noonan. He was so surprised at first of why this 21-year-old is uh, on the phone with him telling his life story. And I just was clear. I said, look, from the age of 16 to now 21, the only thing I've wanted is to get my foot in this door and, and, and have prepared myself to make a difference to the growth of soccer in America. And I, uh, I just want a chance to prove that uh, I'm worthwhile and I want to contribute. And he got me into uh, got me an internship with special events, and the rest is history. So it, it really took the cold call to make it happen. Neil, I'm just blown away, and thank you so much for sharing that story. And it so relates to today's podcast topic. Now, from a strategy point of view, how important is it to have a purpose with regards to pseudo Korean sports industry? Now, if you don't mind, because you have given it to us, but I would love you if you if it's possible, if you did you create like a game plan from start to finish? How many years did you? 
put this time in because really having a career purpose as we spoke about before this call is so important but some people don't have that strategy and if you could sort of dissect what you've just said with your story into a strategy that would be amazing absolutely purpose is incredibly I think, critical to um, you creating your career in any industry that you're passionate about but I'll speak about uh, the sports industry so for me when I looked at I did a lot of self-reflection being from an Indian family and being in a very um, kind of highly you know, academic focused and career oriented um, Gujarati community growing up in California. You know, when I mentioned that I want to work in sports or I declared it, everyone was really um, kind of distraught because it wasn't necessarily the, the career pathway that everyone could understand or was comfortable with. And I did a lot of self-reflection at the time and I understood that you know, football had given me so much as an individual, uh, you know, being Indian in a very white community as well in Southern California, I had a lot of, uh, you know, just discomfort about fitting in and, and connecting and being somebody who felt at home in my own country. But being on the football pitch, it really made a difference in my life. Um, it allowed me to feel extremely um, empowered and at one with everyone around me. And it allowed me to travel around the world when I was quite young. But then when I was traveling around the world, I also understood the power of the ball and the power of how it connected people wherever I went, whether it's South America or Africa or Asia or Europe, I felt that um, if I, even if I didn't speak the same language, I could play, but just because I could play the game, I can connect with anybody. So I was clear that this sport has magical powers and I wanted to be somebody who was a catalyst to help more people in America grow and get connected through the beautiful game. Because of that purpose, it drove every conversation I had. So even when I was picking up the phone, talking to the receptionist at MLS or talking to the head of marketing, I think that they could feel the energy oozing out of me. They can feel the purpose. It wasn't a young guy who just wanted a job because I wanted money to pay for a New York City apartment. It wasn't somebody who just wanted to work in sports because I really liked David Beckham or Manchester United or Real Madrid and I wanted to hopefully get around them or around these, these brands or these athletes. It was because I had a deeper meaning and purpose. My why was very clear. So because of that, um, for some reason, the doors just opened a little bit faster and a little bit wider than maybe if I didn't have that purpose. And that has driven me in every aspect of my, my career since, uh, since 2002. So just on that note, I'm going to dig deeper now, my friend. When you got into the MLS, you're probably thinking, well, I've achieved my goal how did you enhance that purpose even more to make you feel hungry in regards to your career development out of interest you know my dream was to become the head of marketing of major league soccer and and that's why i studied a lot of what i studied uh, when i was in england that's why i did a lot of the work that i did in grassroots marketing i was very fascinated by the supporter culture but i was also fascinated by even just grassroots marketing and creating programs and partnerships that could actually help grow the sport and connect more people with with uh, MLS. And when I, the, the position that they gave me as an intern was special events. Now, I was very excited because it was close to what I wanted to be doing and it was going to give me a chance to get on the ground and work. How the purpose made a difference was that because I was clear where I wanted to go, I was clear I was going to be a director and I was going to head up marketing, that I spent every chance I got um, when I wasn't working on special events work to study the shared folders, the, the Dropbox type folders of fan engagement and fan development. I was meeting with the manager of fan development, a guy named David Wright, every chance I got to understand what he was doing and pick his brain 
And I was researching what NFL and what NDA and what NHL and Major League Baseball was doing for fan development as the same for what European soccer leagues were doing as well. And so that purpose allowed me to work beyond what was asked of me. And because of that, it was never about work. It was about creation. It was about building towards this envisioned future. And by building towards this envisioned future, it was not a surprise that three months into my unpaid internship in special events, out of nowhere, an internal posting for coordinator of fan development came up as a full-time position that was never expected. And, and lo and behold, uh, I was the one that they gave that to with all of three, three, three months of experience in, uh, at that point. That is awesome to hear. And just on that note, we've talked about the purpose now. Now I want to talk about skill sets. Reflecting from your whole career, reflecting now what core skill sets do people need to start a career in the sports industry, but also create that longevity from a career perspective as well? I'll tell you a quick, quick, quick story. Um, it was uh, so same as how I traveled all the way to, the, to, to New Jersey to talk to the program director of um, my university, or my postgraduate program. Same thing I did in my, um, it was 1998, and I was, I was waiting in a long queue for the career counselor at um, UC Santa Barbara. And finally, when I got up front, he asked me, well, how could I help you? And I said, look, I, I went, by the time I graduate in four years, I want to get a job in this particular field in sports management, sports marketing. What classes should I take to be uh, you know, most suited to get that? And he goes, look, you're, you're a business major. You're already taking business classes. Um, in your liberal arts classes, take as many acting classes as you can. Make sure you, because I, he goes, I don't know much about sports, but I know about marketing. And if you want to be successful in this industry and you want to be a director one day of a particular sports league, you're going to have to be able to speak and you'll have to open up and be comfortable inside of your own skin. And, and when I was 18 years old, I wouldn't say I was the most comfortable person in my own skin. So for four years, I took acting classes at uh, UC Santa Barbara. And what I've understood is that communication skills, being able to touch, move and inspire people through your communication, be it verbal be it written, be it any other nonverbal, whatever it might be, is one of the most critical uh, skill sets to have to be able to not just get your foot in the door, but to be able to go up the ladder. So I'd say communication skills is one. Two is that um, the sports industry, and I'm in India where it's evolving on a, a second basis, but even in the US or Europe or Australia or other parts of Asia, the sports industry is dynamic. It's never static. That's the beauty of sport. It's always moving and evolving. So to be successful in this industry, you need to have enterprise. You need to be able to see gaps and understand how to fill those gaps. Never be distraught by things that aren't working out. Be able to understand how you can actually help fill that gap. So that's number two. And this is, sounds very boring, but number three is Microsoft Office. Until things change, you need to understand the basic levels of PowerPoint, of Excel, of Word, of any other, of Outlook even, we don't have time in our industry to go back and teach uh, junior level employees how to make a good PowerPoint presentation or how to do an Excel, or how to understand the formulas. You could understand, you could know the transfer values of the top hundred players in, in, in football or basketball or baseball over the last 10 years. But if you can't put that down in a particular kind of basic software and be able to communicate that, you're no good in this industry in a lot of ways. You're, you're somebody that needs to be taught to do basic things. And it's surprising how many people know sport but don't know how to use the software that's available to actually pro package it in a way that uh, 
the management or external stakeholders will be able to understand it. I think you've highlighted three important points and that understanding technology softwares are so important without a doubt. Would you mind explaining to listeners what you're doing now and especially the work you're doing with Global Institute of Sport Business? I'd love to hear more in what you're doing and please share about that inspiring quote behind you. The people can't see, but he's got an awesome like backdrop here, guys, and it's really inspiring and really creative. Absolutely. So we have um, a part of a company called India on Track. India on Track is a, it's a multi-vertical uh, sports management company. We have offices in Delhi, in Mumbai, and also in Kolkata. We have um, focuses on many things. Uh, we focus on helping international clubs set up their businesses and their market entry strategy into India. And we also have a number of training programs and consultancy services going on here. I oversee new business and sports education. New business is simple. Um, I have a lot of contacts around the world that, um, you know, whether you're an investor globally or investor domestically in India, one of my main jobs is helping people understand the, the value and the opportunity to invest in sport in India. So it might be investing as an investor, but also could be investing, setting up a professional sports um, program, a franchise, something of that matter. So we work closely with Major League Baseball, Premier League, La Liga. Um, hopefully soon Major League Soccer. So a number of different global organizations and I, we help them build their, their access into India. The other side is head of sports or head of new, or sorry, head of uh, sports education. What we've understood is that there's a number of young people who go and uh, who dream of turning their passion into the profession. A lot of Indians are going abroad to get their sports management degree. And by all means, it's a, it's a great choice. You get fantastic exposure. The, cha- the challenges are getting a job once you graduate. And a lot of qualified people who, unfortunately, you know, they should get a job. They deserve a job in sports in Europe or Australia or America. They can't because of visa challenges right now. And that's just a genuinely, it's a real challenge that people are facing. And what we found in India is a lot of the sports management academic programs were heavily academic. They weren't very industry focused. And we were struggling to find good people to hire to, as part of India on track and a lot of our friends who are running other agencies or franchises in cricket or football, we're also struggling to find good people to hire. So we said, you know what, let's take the road less traveled. Let's create our own postgraduate program in sports here in India that's industry designed and internationally certified. So that is what Global Institute of Sports Business is. Um, our USP would say it would be that one is that we have an international affiliation with uh, ISDE in, in Madrid, Spain. It's a law and business school. All of our faculty are people who have anywhere from 10 to 25 years of sports industry experience. So they come in not as guest lecturers, but actual faculty and teaching about various areas of the industry that they're experts at. And then we have affiliations with the Premier League. We have affiliations with some of the leading organizations abroad, but also in India. So there's regular engagement with the industry. Um, We are very big on creating leaders in the industry. So what you are referring to is we have these very sporty, uh, very sporty um, campus and we have it's very aspirational as well. So there's an inspirational quote from Michael Jordan. It says, some people want it to happen. Some wish it to happen. Others make it happen. And we're very big on that because we have so many people, especially in India, that I see that can, you can sit in a pub or sit in a coffee shop and they can solve all of the problems of Indian sport over those conversations. But the real people, they don't excite me. The real people who excite me are the ones who are actually creating business plans, 
creating collaborative efforts and getting into action to go make it possible. That is absolutely true. Out of interest, what have you been up to recently? What I've been up to recently is traveling uh, around the world. Um, we have uh, partnerships, as I said, in Madrid, Spain, but we also have relationships with um, a number of organizations based in Europe and also the U.S., so a lot of my time is spent here in India working with uh, our students. We have a batch size of 20 right now, and our next batch will 25, and, and ensuring that they become future leaders. So I spend a lot of time here. When I'm traveling, I'm just telling the India story. This is such a fascinating country. Uh, Ed, we hope to get you here very soon. And uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating country, both from a, from a social standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, and from a sporting standpoint. Tremendous amount of opportunity for um, international organizations to help build their brand here. Also opportunities for young professionals such as yourself or others who are listening who dream of actually contributing to the growth of sport in a country where one-sixth of the world's population lives. There's a lot of opportunities there. So I actually become somewhat of an ambassador traveling the world and trying to help more people understand what are the real business opportunities or employment opportunities in this beautiful country. Neil, I cannot wait to get across the pond and visit you in person, India. And just on that note, because you've got a lot more experience on this question now, how important is to be really mindful when working in different countries and cultures with regards to the sports industry? Because I think this is really important. Yeah, so after seven years at MLS, and I moved to India in 2009. And I always say this, and it sounds almost cliche-ish, but I had to unlearn most of what I've learned um, in the first seven years of my career to be effective here in India. And it took me a couple of years to just settle in and get my feet wet. And even though I'm from an Indian, I'm Indian myself, my parents were born here, but we grew up in a lot of Indian culture around me. And so when I moved here, I had to really understand how to be um, somebody who's not just trusted, but somebody who can, who can get something done. And to get something done, as you rightly said, the word mindful, it's all about mindfulness. There's every, India is a continent in itself. Every state is like a country. So even if you come up with a, a great strategy, it may not work in a particular state or city or locality. And each person has their own way of what's important to them and operating. And, you know, to be here and working in sports, you want to be somebody who can be collaborative. And to do that, it takes a lot of time, energy, and patience. And it also, even though it's a country of 1.3 billion people, it's okay to start small and then get it, get something right and build up from each time and course correct when necessary. And what I, I had this um, vision that I'm going to come to India and overhaul football and become the kind of a, a pioneer to make football, the industry more professional. And I understood very quickly that I just need to be able to get uh, you know, internet it, without freaking out. I need to be able to just get my own life set up, structure myself in this country, settle myself down, build a good network of people, understand how things operate, and then start to look at how I can make a difference at a very micro level. From there, build my credibility and build up. I've been here 10 years, and I would say the last three to four years have been by far my most uh, productive and effective. The first seven we're all about getting things done, but not necessarily um, doing it in a way that uh, was actually the most uh, energy efficient. And I've learned how to get things done faster, but it's taken a long time to be able to do that. Just on that note, Neil, with regards to the last 10 years, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back now? 
as always, it's going to be when you create programs that are sustainable and have uh, impact and legacy. I, I, you know, one of the first projects that I worked on when I got out here was to help uh, set up a grassroots football program called Conscient Football. And after about a year, our, our clients wanted to bring in an international partner and we brought FC Barcelona and we created this FC via Scola property in India. And we had the original business plans and kind of set it all up. We brought coaches down from Spain and had this incredible property with a, with a great client. And even now that, that we launched it in 2011 with a big press conference in Delhi. Now, even in 2010, when I'm sorry, 2019, when I'm here in Mumbai, I'm seeing kids all over the city wearing FC Escola on a Saturday. You'll see them at Starbucks or I'll see them in the, the train or whatever it might be. It makes me so happy to know that I was one of the people involved in, in creating something that, more, that allowed more kids to play football in a, in a professional environment. Um, same thing happened with our Liverpool Academy that we set up. And now with GISB, seeing my students graduating and going into the field and, and working and eventually hopefully hiring some of my next batch of students. For me, it's always about not just creating something, it's about sustaining something and, and seeing that ongoing impact. So anytime I say any project of mine is doing that, I'm the happiest person. Neil, I can definitely hear your enthusiasm. And honestly, I've learned so much from this podcast chat. And we're at the final stage of this interview like where I like to finish with an inspirational question. And you provided bundles of career tips, but I'd like to challenge you now. What three tips would you give to a university sport graduate who is just starting their sports career purpose? First off, become clear on your GPS, on where you're going. When you become clear on where you're going, every conversation, whether it's with an Ed Bowers or Neil Shaw or anybody else that you come across, it's just easier for them to be able to help you. We all want to help young people. It may not look like it when we're not responding sometimes to emails or whatever it might be, but we all actually want to help you achieve your dream. The more clear you are, the more, more soul searching you do, the better it is, the better chance it is that you, uh, we can actually hold your hand or guide you in the right direction or help you get there. So that's number one. Number two is do something different. And there's too many. When I was graduating from my MBA program in uh, 2004, there was there are few of us that are out there. Now in 2019, there's thousands and thousands of sports management graduates running around with degrees from fantastic institutes, contacting the same organizations, trying to get an internship or a job. What's going to allow you to stand out and hopefully get that, that call back or that email response or that first opportunity is being slightly different, being innovative and trying to do something that at least is going to add value to that organization in an innovative way. And number three, I would say, is have patience. I know a lot of your, your, your people who have um, been on your show have said the same thing. Unfortunately, with this day and age of social media and technology, um, it's so hard to be patient. But the reality is, is that um, something beautiful, first, if you have to work your butt off for it. And if you don't work your butt off for it, it's sometimes not even worth it. So the things that really matter most, you got to put your whole heart and soul in. So don't, don't stop your velocity. Keep going. Keep the enthusiasm. Keep everything going. But it's okay. Don't get too hard on yourself or hard on the industry if things aren't moving in the direction they want. Life has a purpose for you. The universe always has its way. For people who are good, who really are genuine, everything will work out in the end as long as you're in action around something that's close to your heart. Neil, that is fantastic. And I can really relate to that because it sort of relates to working in the unknown. 
if that makes sense. And that's what it's all about, guys. I've discovered that through my podcast journey. That's how Neil and I got connected through sort of referrals. And this is how it works. So, Neil, thank you so much. And just on that note, how can people connect with you online? So I'm not overly active on social media, a little bit on Facebook, a bit on Instagram and a bit on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, you can contact me from on Neil, N-E-E-L underscore Shah 10. And on Twitter, it's Neil underscore India, number 10. Otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook or um, any other way. I have a blog called Live India, Love Soccer. It uh, chronicles my last 10 years of working in the sports industry in India. A lot of honest and authentic uh, writing is in there. And um, I'd love to have you guys check it out and uh, kind of learn a little bit of what it, through my experience. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Neil, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Ed. I really love being on the show and best of luck in the future. Wow. What an incredible podcast chat with Neil. For me, again, this episode really highlights why I wanted to create this podcast show in the first place. And to be honest, it's that story that Neil shared, very kindly shared, about his passion with regards to pursuing a career in the football industry, especially the MLS. Like that dedication of him studying sport, coming to the UK to learn economics and go back to America to really have that strong desire at the age of 16 to really pursue that career in the football industry, which again, which was very new at the time. Honestly, if you're just starting out in the sports industry, especially the football industry, apply that story to you. Because if you are that dedicated, like Neil is, and having those sort of strategies such as having a why, applying a purpose, using self-reflection as a strategy to keep you on your journey, keep you on that path, this is how you make your career reality. Um you know, as he mentioned, you have two years where he was facing rejection. He was doing those emails. He's being persistent. That's what it's all about. And I don't want to come across lecturing at the end of this uh, episode. It's something I've learned from Neil so much, uh, even just talking to you now, reflecting from this podcast episode, that you've got to do the reps. You cannot hide away from it. And what I mean the reps is... If you want to do something, you've got to put in those reps. Neil put in those emails, those phone calls. As I said, at the end of the day, it took him one phone call, which gave him the opportunity to speak to a marketing director at the MLS to share his story. And if your story is that convincing and has so much passion behind that story, then you get your chance. And that's how you get a breakthrough moment in the football or sports industry. For me, that's the same as well. It took me one phone call to get that one opportunity at Benchmark International. And that's all it takes. But you've got to have a huge reason why you want to contribute to that organization. And, you know, a saying I say to myself and I share to people is, if you are interested in them, they'll be interested in you. So, look, I really do hope you learned so much from this podcast chat as much as I did. Apply Neil's sports career guidance tips to your advantage so your sports career journey in the sports industry can be a reality and take action. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Neil said, unfortunately, in this day and age, with social media and technology, it's so hard to be patient. 
But the reality is that you've got to work hard in what you want to do. So focus what really matters the most and everything will work out in the end with regards to what you want to do in the sports industry.